Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls and they support the West Coast board riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app and you can pre-order, prepay, and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants, oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome, listeners. This week's guest is a surfer, 
an artist. Artiste. Like, there's not enough artists. Like, there's not enough of those in the world. Come on. But no, this guy has done amazing work and collaborations in the surf and skate world with Nike SB, Huckberry, Patagonia, Ace Hotels. Are you kidding me? Google? What? And many others. Welcome to the show, Ty Williams. Hi, everybody. Mr. Ty Williams. Do you have a nickname? I don't know. We, we forgot to ask. I, boy, I mean, if I do, it's probably inappropriate. I won't say it on the air. Yeah. Come on, um, what is it? I don't um, I think just, I mean, you can't really shorten my name at all because it's like the Beanie Baby label tag. <laughs> so is, that your, I, is that your full name, Ty? That's my whole name. And most of my life I've had to try and explain that to people. And I had um, I had a teacher when I was in elementary school who just thought I was Tyler the whole time. Yeah. And I just went with it. And I kind of thought like, this will be great. You know, if I get a bad grade, at least I could maybe like skirt that. Yeah. Um, but she just couldn't accept that there was no lure on it. But my mom, when I told her, she's like, no, correct her because that's not your name. You know, my parents yeah. named me that and they were stoked about yeah, it. But proud um, of you for, yeah, for it's only two letters. They only gave me two. Um, I had a similar, similar situation. I'm Jay. Everybody called me It's Jay not Jason. No, You're not Jason. Just Jay. Just Jay. And oh, see, I just like, totally thought of I'm, I'm, Do you think my parents are going to call me Jason Larson? Jason Larson. Like, <laughs> seriously? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. And then that years later, and I my, assumed. And then years later, my dad's like, oh, we were going to call you Lars. Lars Larson. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That would have been pretty awesome, though. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Jay Lars. So it's just Jay. That's really cool. Yeah. It's just like that. But there isn't, because um, some people are called Jay, and their name is like a whole nother name. Yeah, those are a bunch of like. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> Do you, does that make sense when someone's like, "My name's Peter," and they're like, "Oh, cool," like, but my real name's Daniel, and I'm like, "What happened?" <laughs> but I don't know. All right, Ty. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up kind of ping ponging around a little bit. Um, my parents are New Englanders, and I'm a New Englander. But um, when I was really, really tiny, like a pea pod. Um, they moved to the Virgin Islands to a little wow. island called oh. St. John. Um, what brought them out they there? Were there. Um, my mom had lived in Middlebury, Vermont for a while. My dad was in the mountains of New Hampshire. And there's a bunch of progressive hippie type folk that are really interested in getting away from the winters. Because for those of you that don't know out there, um, we have winters on these coasts that are in, nor- in the northeast anyway, that can be kind of a bummer. <laughs> you're um, indoors for a few months you're indoors yeah and so in the early 80s at that time there were opportunities in the caribbean you could go down there and um you know get a little bit of property and um my parents by no means are you know wealthy or anything they just they went down there because a tip off from some friends were like we're gonna go down there we're gonna you know we have a piece you should come down and do a little property and my dad is a really talented um builder so he went down there, and they we, we lived in a tent for a little while on a platform on the foundation while the house was being built. And then once it was built, um, we moved in. And we did that off and on until I was 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, you know, the hurricanes would come. And my grandparents, like many of ours, um, lived in Florida. So we would, you know, a hurricane would come or something. We'd come back to the, you know, the, the mainland and go back. And it became a shuffle. And then around the age of 12, my parents were over it. They were like, let's go wow. back to New England. We're not going to do that shuffle anymore. Um, and there were more school opportunities, too, yeah. um, for us. That's what they probably were thinking. You know, That's like, the, yeah, yeah. the main kicker. What, yeah. uh, Did you have any siblings? I do. I have a... Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Younger sister. So, yeah, I have a sister who's uh, four and a half, five years younger than me. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and Reese. And so she and we all, they all, we all together moved back to New England and for the most part, have been here ever since. My parents are in Maine. They do a little snowboarding in Florida. Um, and then I, you know, have then ping-ponged after as I've gotten older, you know, and sampled other spots. Yeah. So uh, when were you introduced to surfing in the Virgin Islands? Or that's, that's the really bizarre thing. And I think a lot of people assume that perhaps I learned how to surf in the Virgin Islands. And I didn't touch a surfboard the entire time, like Tortola. I what? Won't na- I won't name yeah. spots and things because I know people will be bummed, but there are really great waves in the Virgin Islands, but I did not surf there. Um, I was really kind of a nerdy kid. Um, I went to Montessori school. I was really into snorkeling and fish and a lot of stuff that really has kind of inspired me to do what I'm doing now. Um, but surfing just wasn't one of the things. And then it wasn't until we moved to Maine. Um, I had a little bit of a rough transition. Um, obviously going from the Caribbean to Maine and I was like, crap, you know, this is not warm. This is a little rough. And it was actually like a skateboard that took me to a surfboard. If that makes sense. I saw, I got into, I got into a skateboard first and the neighborhood, uh, the neighbor's driveway was awesome. And so just was really good pavement and I was over there and then it was kind of the, the gateway to that. But no, I didn't learn how to surf until I was 12 in Maine. So it was like really, I I think I'm envious in a way of people that are like, they learned how to surf um, without wearing a wetsuit first, but it was no uh, like cheap entry for me. It was like had to go to the shop, had to get the booties, had to get the wetsuit, Gloves, had to get the board, hood. all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you were in the but when you were in the Virgin Islands, did you like experience like there was a lot of surfers around, or you had well, friends that there, surf? Um, so like the the kids that I like cruised with, we were all I think we like really really wanted to be marine biologists. That was like the thing we wanted <laughs> to be. Cool. Yeah, we were super into ironically sharks. I was obsessed with sharks. Um, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, I was obsessed with that stuff. And the bay that we lived on, that my parents lived on, is called Fish Bay. And my mom talks about it constantly. But one day, like they weren't really keeping an eye on where I was. And me and my friend Walker at the time, we had like planned this thing out where we'd gone down to the convenience store and gotten those little disposable wind up underwater cameras. And I was like, we're going to get photos of at the time it was lemon sharks and nurse sharks. They were all in there and you could see them, you know, breeding in the cove. And I was like, we're going to swim out there and we're going to get these awesome photos of them. (laughs) Um, And there were some other kids at the end of the cove that were floating on their chests on surfboards. And I was like, that's really great. We should get a surfboard because that'll help us photograph sharks. But (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> no, they were more like I was seeing other people with surfboards. It's just like that's a really neat um, piece of equipment, but uh, it really didn't spark my interest until again from a design perspective, where I was like being into skating and seeing skate graphics, and then being like, I gotta surf because this makes sense, and then boom, the romance happened, and then everything else kind of went by the wayside. Did you have who taught who who brought you into it when you moved back to Maine and you're around yeah. 12, 13? Like who? Just so at the time, yeah. So at the time, and I'm gonna think this would have been like 97, 98. Um, Maine and New Hampshire kind of get um, pushed together in terms of the surf world at that time because there wasn't many of us at the time. You know, there was only two shops: one in New Hampshire, one in Maine. For the most part, I mean, I know I'm probably gonna get grief for this, but there were two main stores and. You could go to Cinnamon Rainbows in New Hampshire, which is a great store, and there was a yes. big Dave, Dave Cropper. That's my guy. Yeah, and Phil Carey. Those guys were great. Um, and so, ironically, I was at a farmer's market with my mom because my parents are super healthy, um, kind of. <laughs> they're vegan, and th- someone had a skateboard at the farmer's market, and I was talking to them about what their, you know, what their deck was, checking out the trucks and everything, and they were like, "Oh, do you surf?" And I was like, "No, I don't." And they're like, "You should go to the surf shop. You can get a used board." And do it, and I was like, "Well, how do then? What do I do then? How do I learn?" And they're like, "Oh, you could ask, and they'll get you a lesson, and someone will take you out." And bearing in mind, in '97, '98, maybe I don't know, like ballpark, maybe there was a hundred surfers total in the community, you know, in that time period. So it was kind of a trial and error learning thing for me. I went to the beach and was really frustrated because, of course, the board that I grabbed was one I saw in pictures. So I grabbed a short board, not the right thing to learn on. Yeah, potato um, chip. Yeah, it was a Charlie Baldwin. It was a CB. It had like blue flames on it, and um, <laughs> it was really frustrating. And you know, and I'm I'm going from this realm of like I wanna, I wanna be able to do this. You know, first try. I think that's the you know, and it was like no way. And just and it's freezing and it's cold. And I'm used to being in the ocean, in the Caribbean. And now I am wearing this <laughs> large wetsuit that you know wasn't going to fit my little body at first because my mom was like this is the wetsuit we're going to buy it you'll grow into it not something you want to have happen right right yeah <laughs> i need to fit like yeah. a glove <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. drown in this mom at the time i remember um dave at the store and the sin rainbows was small then it was a little store dave's uh dive suits and surfing wetsuits at the time had a lot of crossover for winter stuff um because winter wetsuits the technology just wasn't there because there wasn't as much of a market for us. Right. So you would get the O'Neill wetsuit, which is what I remember I first got. And it was one of those classic, like neon yellowy kind of ones. And then to add another millimeter to it, you could buy this thing called a Henderson coverall <laughs> that you would wear under it. And that was where your hood came from. So you wear crazy. that and then the hood would come out the top. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is great. There were so many elements to stay warm that would chafe you. And just, it was a nightmare, but I was, I was excited. And I think, yeah, standing up, Finally, for the first time in riding Whitewater, it happened probably at the wall in Hampton, New Hampshire. We drove from Maine down there, and I rode it in. It was like, okay, small you know, victory, and then being told, hey, you're on the completely wrong board. You need to get on a more substantial board. Did, did your, your parents take you to the beach, or you just met yeah. up with other friends and families? At, at, the, like- at the time, it was just the shop. There were you know kids around the shop. There was a few older kids, but my mom, like so many moms out there, and, and I feel like there's so many moms in the world that should really be the moms to everyone. And my mom is one of those. Like she was just like my kids, we moved here from, you know, the Caribbean. It's not, it's not the most epic, you know, transition, but it will be. And I want to make it as easy as possible. So she was the like soccer mom in terms of surf and skate park mom. Mm-hmm. 
That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I can't sing her praises enough. So, so you kind of had a little crew of guys that you would yeah. skate and surf the, with. And it's like, you, and for me, versus having grown up in California and stuff, we were all learning at the same time versus there wasn't really someone, you know, like Dave would have been someone we would have seen in the water. There was a few other guys at the time, uh, Kevin Grondin and um, some of the guys in Maine, kind of in my age bracket. But for the most part, it was like me asking my friends that were skateboarders, like, hey, do you think your parents would want to go dump 300 bucks in the shop so you could come <laughs> surf with me? <laughs> because I need a friend to go surf with versus people that grew up surfing in warm climates. We're like, we're out there. Everyone's out there. So, so um, surfing kind of became a big part of your life at what, like 13, 14 12, years yeah, old? Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. yeah like it, it really clicked, I think. I mean, I, and I can say this, and it's pretty obvious now. Um, we have really good waves in New England. Yeah. We have really good setups, um, very good setups. And, um, and it's diverse. And if you want to find waves, you can. And so and it's a great place to learn because there's soft beach breaks too. So once it clicked for me, I was really excited because I could skate. Our skate parks are really good. We had at the time a really beautiful public park that was built. Um, so I was able to skate. And then after school, you know, depending on the tides, I could go surf. And no one was surfing really. You're thinking maybe a crowd of like ten people might at the beach, maybe yeah. at the beach. That's um, so how, it was how, how, what time? Like, did you stop surfing during the dead of winter, or was no? It was a water so, temp? yeah. So the gosh, I mean, Maine, our water temp in summer for the most part, and, and a lot of people would love to snowball you guys and be like, oh, it gets to be seventy. It's the same way when you say in LA, oh, you can get to the beach in twenty minutes. Like that's not true entirely. Like. <laughs> Like, yes, it probably gets to be 70 a couple times out of the year. But for the most part, in the summer, the peak is in the 60s, and you'll get that for a few weeks. And then for the most part, our water's like in the 50s. Um, you know, and then right now it's in the 40s probably. I would think like northern Cal, but like a little bit rough, you know, like more yeah. BC. Wow. You guys are way more dedicated than us out here. But the, the technology of the suits, and, and so I as much. Better. I say this to everyone, yeah, like as much as I would like people to think that I'm tough, I'm a wuss. But the thing is, when you're little, and, and I know you guys are around kids, and I'm not around kids all that much, but I have a nephew, like you notice that like their pain threshold with cold water and things is just through the roof compared to adults. Yeah. And so then if you learn at that time period, and then with the technology, if the technology ages with you, you're so pumped. Because you, you basically just... I don't know. Now that the wetsuits are so great, and I'm a wuss, <laughs> I guess, or a wimp, um, I'm like, gosh, uh, I can stay in, and the wetsuits are really good. Yeah. It's kind of like Lyndon. He likes those soft beach breaks and thick wetsuits. <laughs> well, yeah, I know I'm talking to a pro surfer, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, and so I'm, for me, I'm like, oh, you know, but we had so many soft beach breaks. <laughs> so did did you get good enough to start surfing contests, or did you like surfing contests? Um, Were there contests? Yeah. Yeah, um, obviously, I don't know if you guys know what the ESA, uh, yeah, yeah. that, that, that um, we had a chapter of that that went as far north um, as New Hampshire and went into, to Maine a little bit. But again, at that time, there was like four of us in Maine. So we would drive to New Hampshire, which to give you an idea, is like 30 minutes over the border. From Maine um, to New Hampshire? Yeah, New England is really tight. Yeah. Like you can drive to three states like um, quickly. That's so, crazy. Um, Rhode yeah, Island yeah. So Excuse my geography. Ro Rhode Island is below um, Mass. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, actually, to answer your question, so the ESA, I remember, and you guys probably know this guy because he's kind of an East Coast legend. His name is Peter Pan. 
um, and there was Sitabruzzi and, and, and a bunch of the Rhode yeah, Island yeah, yeah. surf legends. Water boys. Water boys and warm winds and those stories. That was kind of, to go to Rhode Island is where you would kind of get your spark of surfers that it was like not just they weren't riding waves. Those were surfers like they were doing maneuvers. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, okay. Like New Jersey guys were going up there. You're your hammers and Gleasons and those guys are like, Oh, whoa. Cause like we're in Maine and like, all right, we're surfing. But then you get down there and you're like, Oh, these guys are like the videos. Yeah. So, um, and that's, and that's where like the, the contest would be. And I remember again, <clears throat> super mom, my mom was like, we're driving down there and packing the lunch and get down the beach and spending the whole day, you know, waiting for heats. And, and for us, it's like, there wasn't enough people for everything. So it's like, I would surf Menehune boys and open and you know, everything. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Because they're just throwing everyone in the... In you didn't the have to pay triple entry, right? Oh, I don't know. I hope my mom didn't have to do that. <laughs> so what kind of boards uh, were you riding? Um, at that time, I think the magic board was a used burn um, wow, that nice. I loved. Yeah. And again, because it was like... The, the key then was to have a board that was bigger than you needed it particularly to be. Not because it was just the 90s and that's how boards were, but because you needed the float because you were wearing all the neoprene. Yeah. Um, and I felt that like, you know, riding the mid-lengthy kind of boards, that was the time when the horrifying Bic trend was happening. Bic was making all the boards and everyone was pushing those heavily. And I was like, if you could find a board that would float you on the suit, you know, to, to surf comfortably and get a lot of waves, which was the ideal thing to do, you wanted a little bit of a bigger board. Yeah. So it was just a giant short board. Yeah, that's a miss, like, you know, kind of, you know, conception of a lot of people is, they think, oh, surfing. Well, you don't. You can't learn how to surf if you don't catch waves. So you yeah. got to no. ride something to catch waves totally. to learn how to surf. So it's kind of like everybody goes almost backwards sometimes on on like equipment. But oh, yeah. I did it wrong. I did it completely wrong. You know, I yeah. would have seen the surf videos I, again that you would have been in or that people would have been in, and I, you know, at home getting the VHSs off of a mail order from somewhere, popping them in and going, okay, what are those guys on? And you're finding out. But it's like I'm a 12-year-old that hasn't hit puberty yet and yeah. I'm in a giant winter wetsuit and I'm going to go get that board and it doesn't float and then it turns me off of the sport, which yeah. nowadays I'm kind of like, well, that's good because it keeps the crowd down. But also like if I saw someone, I'm like, hey, you want to have fun, right? Yep. Did, did your generation and the wetsuit technology, did you stop using Vaseline? Because I remember, it, yeah, reading yeah, those that, stories. that that really that really popped up a lot, and people asked me that in the same way that people always would ask me, "Do you wear a dry suit?" And I don't know if James Bond <laughs> caused that trend, but I never in my entire life have ever seen someone wear a dry suit. Dry suits are for like scuba diving and like killing terrorists and then showing up to a cocktail party with your tuxedo on under it, but. Vaseline Are you the James Bond like, of surfing? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Hardly. But the the Vaseline thing, we were like, you wear Vaseline? And I was like, ah. Oh. And I get it. It was like, you put on your face as another layer. But for me, it's like you would put it under your armpits because you were getting chafed to high hell from these really roughly poorly designed wetsuits. But to answer your question, no. I mean, I probably should have because I wouldn't look like I'm 100 now. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, petroleum jelly. And I think probably my mom at the time would have told me no because it's not natural. So. Yeah, using some yeah. sort of hemp oil. Slash, yeah, like, it would yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would have yeah, gotten my face putting... my face would have gone numb. Yeah, you're putting petroleum on you. It's not good. Yeah. So how, how long did you serve contests for? Uh, I did contests until senior year of high school. Um, the, the pinnacle of my 
I guess, surf contest career was that kind of through default, I made it past regionals because there was you know, that was held in New Jersey in Harvey Cedars Ship Bottom, which was um, <laughs> yeah I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, the contest was by Ron John down there, and we went with a group of kids and got a hotel and and stayed. And um, so you were in it. Co- you were into it. Yeah, well, I mean, because it was something to do, yeah. you know, and, and kept you out of trouble. Mom knew that. Yeah, That's why I she mean, was like, Let's yeah, go. I mean, I did. Yeah, we got into a little trouble, but yeah, and then. I think ultimately, well, how it was laid out was um, if you qualified from that contest, you got to go to Easterns, which was like the big thing in Hatteras, which everyone knows about. Um, but like, again, same situation is like it was the best of the three of your area, and there only was like three from our area. So like, even if I didn't win, I could get to go. And at that point, I was like, I am not supposed to be here. This is not <laughs> correct. And I was getting ready to go to college, um, and at that point, you know, I wanted to go to college somewhere that I could surf. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I don't need to go down to Hatteras and make a fool out of myself. Like those guys are really great. So I bowed so, out after regionals. So while you're growing up in Maine, you guys moved back to Maine. Did you guys, you said your, your grandparents had a place in Florida did yeah. you go back to the Virgin islands yeah. at all. Did you move so around? I never went, I have actually never been back to the VI since I was 12, never went back. Oh, wow. Um, and my grandparents and, and of all of Florida that you could live in, in terms of surf stuff they lived on the gulf which i'm not going to rip on because I, I i love the gulf but they lived on the gulf um, in a bustling metropolis known as tampa clearwater um, Bubba so, loves sponge. no shout out just kidding yeah no 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 the lopez's and everyone that's great but um yeah i didn't that wasn't the florida that i wanted to go to for surf so when i was able to go um to college the dream was to get out of maine and go somewhere um, warm that had waves and my parents wanted me to be near them to some extent you know they were like oh because the dream is like I want to go to Hawaii or I want to go to college in California and my parents were like you know you have you have family in Florida at least that's kind of close let's look at schools there or the Carolinas like the Outer Banks yeah. um, and so I looked at UNC Wilmington um, and that you know my grades were okay but I wasn't uh, phenomenal student so then i looked at some community college like brevard community in like florida and then the dream hit like the i went down on a trip with my mom to look at schools and do some interviews and flagler college was the one i wanted really bad and uh, i got in and that's in saint augustine florida what were you uh, what was your major so. what was your career inspiration? <laughs> i still don't know my career <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why i'm talking to you you're um, ten, ten year I, college plan <laughs> yeah oh, i'm still oh. so yeah I went to I went to Flagler initially. Um, I got I, I went there because I was like, oh, radio and music and art. Um, my parents were a little bit. They were kind of like, hey, it'd be nice if you would get a major in something or you know get a degree in something that you could fall back on. We would Smart. like that. Um, so I went in and I was like, okay. And so initially I was undecided. I looked at journalism and kind of dabbled in the radio stuff, and then of course was taking art classes. But you know, also keeping in mind like, what do I fall back on? My mom was a teacher and my dad is a, is a great carpenter and I, I knew right away I didn't want to swing a hammer. So I was like, okay, um, I'll, I'll get into something. And I got into the comm department, communications, like uh, PR and marketing. And some say that's the easy route and it might have been, but my parents were okay with it and I got through. <laughs> but, but that's isn't that a pretty diverse, like open kind totally. of – Totally. Like totally. You can – Absolutely. You could kind of streamline that and do a lot of the things. I totally. Know. I think I think a large 
portion, I have there's a large factor anyway that I have seen any level of work or whatever success has become really clear to me that it's more so about putting myself out there and the marketing aspect almost more so than um, the work itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Communication, communication, throwing yourself out there, um, being vulnerable to fail and learning from that. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of people can't, you know, don't really, they like to go the safe route, you know? Yeah. And doesn't yeah. seem like you went the safe route. <laughs> Not entirely. <laughs> did, did you graduate? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely! I graduated nice. in four years and um, <clears throat> did pretty well. And then once um, that was over, uh, a lot of people kind of Saint Augustine is such an amazing place because it's a hotbed for um, you know. There's a lot of creative people there, I will say, and a lot of them are transplants, like a lot of places in Florida, but Saint Augustine in particular. Um, so there's a lot of New Yorkers, a lot of New Jersey, a lot of New Englanders. And um, so people kind of after college were like, oh, I'm going to go back to New York or I'm going to go back to a city and work. And so I kind of followed suit. I was like, well, I guess, you know, I'll go back to Maine a little bit and then figure out what the next step was. And at that point, I really was like, I want to go work at like a magazine, I thought, or do something creative. Um, And so I moved to, you know, Maine, worked a restaurant job for the summer, saved up my money and then made the big move to Brooklyn. Um, and got an internship at uh, Vice, at Vice Magazine there. Um, wow, that's huge. It, you know, it really was huge. Um, at the same time, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and, and it really was great. The reason I got it was because of some other Floridian um, college friends that are still there that are really talented and awesome dudes and now um, work on the show. Uh, now, but it really ended up becoming more of like an experience of experiencing New York. I, I did the internship advice and worked there for about a year and then really found out again that the grind to pay rent in an apartment in Brooklyn, I was making more money waiting tables and doing the vice job and having kind of a little more fun. Yeah. And so I ended up <clears throat> focusing more on just paying my bills and then really drawing and really taking the, you know, making stuff. Yeah. So, so you were into art early, but when did, you know, when mm-hmm. did you decide like that, that's a dream, <laughs> yeah. but can, can it be a reality? It's, you know, I, I think, and, uh, I saw somewhere, but while I, when I, while I was in college, Sprout premiered, that was a huge kicker. Seedling, Sprout, Thomas's stuff, because for, for me, and I would say probably the same for a lot of people was that, yeah, I was in college and I was, you know, doing some art studies, but then, you know, in the comm department and, you know, still skating, still surfing and making things. But I never, it's kind of ignorant of me, never thought of like putting them together as something. And so then comes along these films that I'm like, wait a second. I know Thomas's work from skate stuff or I know Neil Blender's work from state stuff. And wait, I know this music because this is, you know, the music that's on mixtapes that I'm being handed in school, like Built to Spill and, you know, these artists. And then wait, now they're surfing too. Like you can do all of it. Whereas I felt like kind of, a portion of my life up until then, it was like either you're one of these things and that's your identity. And here yeah. comes along this Renaissance situation of like, I'm all of it. And so Thomas was touring Sprout. And when that came around, I think I caught like a talent show of it, you know, but I was like, uh, you know, I would have been like a Bieber fan of that. I saw that and was like, this is, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. This is everything. I mean, you know, and I was already making journals and scribbling and doing all that stuff, but I was like, here's a guy that's like really, um, you know, found a way to make it cohesive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that was a huge inspiration 
uh, absolutely, as well as my background of you know growing up in the islands and the colorways and the music and the things that I was into that I always kind of like was like, oh, these aren't cool. it's not cool to listen to Clipso or reggae or the things that are like kind of in this realm right now because everyone's into grunge stuff. But then I'm like, wait, you can be into all of it, and like people aren't gonna, you know, pick on I you th- too bad. I, I think your 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 transition, you know, you're probably around the same age as I am, maybe close. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. when I grew up, it was super segmented. But as you got older, yeah, all of those bridges started kind of crossing totally. over a lot, a lot more, and being more accepted amongst peers, it, and now more so than ever. Like, oh, if you want to be a, successful in anything, if you don't have depth in other sports or other adventures or other hobbies and you're kind of like well that's all you do yeah you know totally like, it's wow. crazy totally so ty oh, yeah. bef- before you had that epiphany watching seedling and sprout were, were you already like creating art oh yeah crazily you know like just at the time i was really into and i and i give a lot of credit to a group of friends that um I had kind of fallen into that didn't surf that were in college, but they were art major kids that were super into music and they would make these things called journals, which I mean, uh, it's not like a wild thing, but like they were just kind of free form journals. Like you'd take Polaroids and markers and just kind of, you know, scribble and build these things out. And I yeah. remember going to Michael's and just getting those books and filling them, you know, like you go to a show and we all, I think did it at one point or another and knew someone that's like, you save your bracelet from it or you save a wrapper from the beach. And like, I was super into that, whether I call it art or not, I was just, jamming on that yeah and then and then always you know friends that had bands that were having shows the same way i think that so many of us come to this uh, making posters and then was just like wait um you know then a friend of mine's uh parents had a uh like a beach gift shop type spot they call it gallery <laughs> with <laughs> quotation marks like we all know <laughs> and they were like do you want to have a show at the gallery and i would have been like you know 19 i'm like yeah like oh my gosh you know and so they moved the shell jewelry to the side and um, that's a, cool. You got that I had a, early. I had an opening, and I was just like, "Wait, this is this is it." And and yeah, oh my gosh, it was like that was it. I was like, "Okay, this is what I want to do. This is a so, thing." So you had a, a sh- an art show at nineteen. At nineteen, absolutely, all truly because of the love of friends and their family and their right, right. and me. <laughs> but they saw. But that's where your communications from uh, you know college skills come into play. You know, you're totally. Well, and I think and I think uh, probably a tad of drinking too. I think they were like, "We'll have wine there," and I'm like, "Wait a second, wine? Okay, let's were, do it." Were, did you ha- did you have stuff you were gonna already showcase, or did you have to come up with a whole like theme? Or theme? I had a bunch of stuff at the house because at the time we would go to thrift stores and get old records that were like fifty cents and just paint on the covers, just because anything to get like a canvas. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had lots of those that were really like just messy and just figuring it out. Um, and then when I, you know, um, the family, they, they were like, you know, come check out the space. Um, the dad, who was super rad, was like, you know, I'll help you kind of pick it out and make it, again, cohesive. Because at that time, like, I had no idea of like what a body of work should look like. And I mean, gosh, I still sometimes don't. But they, they were like, oh, this looks, might, you know, might be kind of cool. Also from a saleability standpoint. Yeah. You know, oh, you were I mean, selling I, it at nineteen? Like they well, were, no, that no, no, at the end at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you put up there for ten bucks, you know, he's like, Hey, can we maybe try and sell something tonight too? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I um, mean, you know, it's it's not wrong to monetize on your work. No. No, because again, my whole life was working in a restaurant, you know, like you're going to college and then I was working at a burrito place. <laughs> you know, so and, and again, and I, I, I still I, I kind of miss those 
I miss working in a burrito place actually, but <laughs> I do sometimes. Um, but there's an element of that that kind of goes, okay, wait a second. You get 20 bucks from meeting, you know, eating at the, working at the burrito place or you get 20 bucks selling a drawing, you yeah. know? And then you're like, wait yeah. a second, why not do both of these? So, so after college, you went to vice, mm-hmm. um, you're inspired by Thomas Campbell and that kind of whole mm-hmm. like craze. Mm-hmm. And New York, I mean, New York is the it's a juggernaut of creativity. I mean, if you think, and I and I say this in the nicest way, like from multiple sides, if you think you're going to go to New York and make a mark on it, like it's kind of probably like going to Hawaii and th- going from Maine, think you're going to show up on the North Shore and surf and blow minds. <laughs> like you go to New York and you're like, oh, I doodle a little bit, and they're like, okay, here's a <laughs> here's a fifteen hundred dollar a month rent, and you're twenty two years old, and you're going to have three roommates, you know, or whatever, a roommate yeah. and and it's just, and you're going to be riding around on a bicycle, and it's going to be 19 degrees. It's like okay, all of a sudden, you immediately your priorities are like okay, I gotta pay my rent. And, but but at and that yeah. age, it's that's epic. That's it epic. is that's... the most amazing thing ever. And you're just soaking it in, and you're that's looking at everything life. else. Oh, it's the best. You're looking at um, you know street art or looking at graffiti. And at that time, too, like Mollusk had just opened a location in New York, which was kind of random. Um, but also I feel so perfect for me at the time because, you know, I had had that background of being interested in <clears throat> California and, and some of that imagery and not really knowing a ton about it and then going to New York and now it's uh, a version kind of warped into my world a little bit, you know. So, yeah, the guys that hung out that were all the New York surf crew and so I kind of got to befriend um, some of them and that was – yeah. Yeah, because Mollus had a little store at this place called Monster Island, and it was a big, it was a block down on the waterfront in Williamsburg, and a lot of artists already were there. In fact, this really well-known artist, lovely woman, Maya Hayok, had her studio there, and so Mollus had the space, and um, it was already like kind of a cultural spot, but then now you have this like little surf element, and at the time, again, you're thinking mm, 2007, 2006, like. I'm sorry, 2007, 2009-ish was when I was there till 2010. Like, yeah, there's tons of surfers in New York, far more than Maine. But, yeah. like, where would they be hanging out? They'd be hanging out at surf shops out near the water. But we were in Williamsburg. Yeah. And that was really cool because you're getting people that don't surf. And there'd be concerts that were, like, concerts that were amazing. You know, like, ones that I was really excited to see. So when you're 19 living, you know, in Brooklyn or New York or whatever, and mm-hmm. you're just an aspiring artist... Are you, are you doing tons of research on like who's having events and shows yeah. and following oh gosh, everybody? Yeah. And the whole, you're in the, you're in totally. The yeah. And then how do I make enough money to like sustain that's, this lifestyle? That's, I think really, and without sounding overwhelmingly cliche, but I think that's where your education or at least mine kind of began. It's like yeah. college. I'm like figuring out how not to die on my own <laughs> <laughs> as best I can. And yeah. then it's like you get to New York and it's like, okay, how do I, you know, what, what am I doing? And, and, and I'm not saying that when I left New York, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have absolutely an idea of what I want to be. I still don't. But I definitely was able to go, wow, like that person's making amazing stuff and they are driven and they really believe in it and it's not a front. Oh my gosh, that person's really doing it and they yeah. believe in it and that's not a front. And me, it's I, inspiring. I, it's an inspiring thing. Oh my gosh, like I will be the first to say that I'm someone, I'm like an absolute derivative of like, 13 different artists but at the same time I go oh I want to continue to keep moving and stay kinetic and not say still so I will keep doing that where you see some people that are absolutely driven they have nothing else to do but make that thing in New York at that time and I think it still exists too 
they're there. New York is yeah. just, I mean, because otherwise it eats you alive and spits you out. Yeah. I, I feel like it, artists, it's so interesting because, I mean, there's so many people that have an eye or a knit or they have a craft that looks so unbelievable, but your worth is what translates into what, how you can market it, you know, like and that's, that's it. It's, it's, yeah. you gotta be your own self Promoter. marketing. You gotta have somebody to, yeah, you gotta have somebody to back you. You, you would be the first, I mean, I, I would say this and I don't know what the correlation is for surfing, but I could definitely say, because you guys both know products well, and this is a product, art is a product. Yeah. yeah. And I go, okay, that's amazing that you had this trauma in your life of some sort and now you channeled it into the, these paintings that are grandiose and really amazing and they can go to these shows and they're 40 grand or whatever and maybe they sell and whatnot. But do you sell do you sell them and do they move and are you able to support yourself with this? You know? Yeah. Or or ultimately you go, okay, I want to live a relatively low impact life, do the things I'd like to do, and maybe not, you know, um, do maybe not be put out terribly. Yeah. And make things that people might want that might bring some happiness to people and and really keep it as simple as possible. Um, and that's something where I kind of – I go like, okay, with products, people go like, all right, we're, we're selling these um, whatever, maybe shoes, pants and stuff. And I go, okay, cool. There's people that genuinely believe in it. It's their lifeblood. They wake and go to sleep thinking about new pants and designs, you know, they're like, <laughs> yeah, these no, are these special sure. materials and special textiles. And then there's someone that's like, look, man, we make pants, it's cruisy, but then after the season's done for selling them, I go away to Costa Rica for a month. And I saw that and was like, wait a second, you can do that? Okay, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not entirely, but I was just like, wait, that's great. So let, let's talk yeah, about, let's talk about your art, art career and how you've kind of made a name for yourself and, you know, hopefully a living right yeah describe describe your art for our listeners that don't know you um that's and a we'll really be posting a lot of your art on the on instagram um so. yeah okay um i'm trying to think the best way to describe it without being ultimately uh, you know overwhelmingly self-deprecating um my, my my work is really relatively simplistic um i would say definitely whimsical um, a lot of my inspirations come from childhood stuff. So I, like many people, love Dr. Seuss and Matisse, Richard Scarry, and um, reggae and Calypso record covers, um, pastel kind of Caribbean colors, the ocean. And so I would say my work kind of somehow is a gumbo of those things, um, but also really, really simple. Um, yeah. But it's... I try and, and hide some elements of – because I'm a cynic and a sarcastic person, and I try – and navigate a fine line between that and, and put elements of text and elements of, um, you know, who I am in there and not just having it be like, it's a party all the time. Like, no, yeah. um, I want well, to your stuff sure. is really different and you can, you can tell, I mean, I'm not a, uh, art connoisseur or anything like Neither that, am I. but, yeah. but your art looks unique, you know? And, and Thank you. when you look at something, I appreciate that. when I see something, I'm like, Oh, I wonder if that's Ty's work because that looks like Ty's work. You know what I mean? And that and that's huge. If somebody could look at something and say, like, I think it's this artist or associate your work with, you know, not like you mm -hmm. said, you want to be your, you, you know, carve your own path, but you have inspiration mm -hmm. from certain artists. Totally. To be able to like look at something and even have your name brought up is, I mean, the huge. Probably I'm, huge, I'm, huge success. I'm really honored. Yeah, I'm totally honored. Are you kidding so, me? Yeah. It's... So your your first uh, your first gallery was a 19 at your friend's mm -hmm. at your friend's <laughs> shell shop. 
Yeah. That, but, uh, you How much did you make that night? Gosh, I don't know. Because I think, I think I really was so excited that there was free Miller High Life and wine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next time you come out here, Ty, we're gonna have we're gonna have a gallery show. Champagne, you champagne got, and you beers. Got, next time I come out there, I'm gonna go in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get you out there for sure. So I love it. So, what happened after that? Like, what was your first like? So, I think there were other students, of course. So again, I'm in school at the time, and I'm really looking at art students going the fine art route, and then they're going off, you know, to do whatever it is that they might go into. Some people go into design. I am extremely um, unskilled with computers and tech stuff. If you guys don't know already, the fact that I didn't know that I needed Wi-Fi to FaceTime you guys today. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a luddite, but like not an extreme all the way but i'm pretty luddite-ish i drive us you know that's okay stick shift car in florida and yeah so that that hasn't helped because i think there were there were kids or guys and, and, and people in my class that were like getting out of school and immediately they were like i'm going off to portland i'm gonna work at nike and i'm gonna design stuff and i was like whoa that's crazy i'm learning how to scan something and i haven't gotten <laughs> any more advanced since then like now it's 15 years later and i'm the same but um I will say that th those people went off and did stuff. <clears throat> and again, the marketing standpoint, I kept in touch with everyone. I really love my friends and I've had the, the most amazing life where I've gotten to build like a, a, a network of friends just from having good times and stay, keeping in contact and really uplifting each other's um, skill sets. So as most things go, you keep in touch and people go somewhere and they go, okay, hey, I'm working at this brand now. I'm, I've left Florida and I'm working in LA or I'm working at Hurley. Um, and I thought of you, and now I'm in charge of the graphic department. Would you want to do this? You know, That's and cool. then that just kind of happened. Yeah. yeah, I say that one specifically um, because I think Hurley was the first T-shirt graphic I ever did, and I would have been like 20. But I don't recall everyone I dealt with network-wise there. But it was someone from you know school that was yeah. out there that was like, "Hey, there's a guy that might want to do a T." And if you're yeah. 20 years old and you're doing a T-shirt for something like that. You're losing yeah. your mind. You got to wear a diaper. You're like wigging out. But I, th I think what you're saying, you know, net networking and just having that support system. But when you're young, it's all me, 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 me. But being able to lean on other people and totally. when, when, as you as you you know mature and get older, like networking is everything. Oh, oh and, yeah. that's and my the, skill and set. Yeah, and the fact that you. Same you here, recognize bro. that and you stay in, yeah. in, in communication with people, even though that you might not have the same ideas and the same, you know, um, career choices or whatever. But I mean, that's super important for people to like understand and realize. And, you know, when you're not on social media, mm -hmm. like, and again, that didn't day, every exist. Day, like, you know, yeah, that didn't exist. You, yeah, um, it didn't exist mean, entirely, but we were, I mean, what I call it, and I, and I think I can't find a better term for it, but I call it human currency. And I feel like, <laughs> granted, like I have, like everyone, like made mistakes. I continue to make them and said sarcastic things I wish I had said and yada, yada. But I try and make sure that I'm visible and also that I keep up the correspondence, you know? It. And I think if you're keeping correspondence and you're visible and you're a half decent human being, you know, and you admit fault when you're, whatever, that happens. Nobody's You're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. But like when people are like, oh, like what's your art like? And I'm like, oh, like I write letters. <laughs> I keep in touch. That's my medium, I guess. Like because yeah. my work is like, it's okay, but I'm going to keep in touch with you. So, yeah. 
So take us back. So Hurley was the first. Uh... Yeah, I think it's a T-shirt graphic for Hurley, and of uh-huh. course, um, you know, surf trips started to happen. You know, because again, I wanted to go after college. I had the spare time and saving money from waiting tables. I was like, oh, I want to go to Costa Rica. I want to go to California a lot. You know, and by then, friends from college had spanned out, so the futon possibilities really Couch blossomed surfing. for me. Yeah, I mean, they still do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm eyeing up some of the stuff behind you guys. I see there's good there's good surfaces <laughs> to sleep on. But yeah, I mean, people are like, oh, we're living out now in a house in San Diego and there's five of us. You know, and you're like, okay, I'm going out. Yeah. And when you're out there, as you guys know, because that's where you are, you get into an environment and they're like, you go out to a movie premiere and then you're meeting everybody. Yeah. And um, if it's not obvious, like I get anxious and I talk a lot. So yeah. I go into a spot and I'm like, wait a second. I love that guy's work or, oh my gosh, I love her art or I love his thing. And I'm just going to go talk to them. So, and then, then you leave. Yeah. And so then, then you keep trying, keep in touch. So after that, working, doing a design for Hurley, that, that kind of sparked your, your mind. You're like, wait, I could kind of do this for more people, mm-hmm. right? Do, do, do you know what you got paid for that Hurley graphic? I, t- I think I do. Um, I don't know if I should say. I mean, okay. it, was like a, it was a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. But, it's but usually like 250 still. bucks for a screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, again, I still, I still don't, I wouldn't look that in the face right now, frowning. But, I would do that right now. But, but, the, <laughs> but the fact, yeah, that you're getting your art visible oh, I to was losing it. unlimited amounts of people based on you know who likes it it's crazy yeah i mean to be completely honest the pay that was like a huge i was really excited about it but actually i think it probably took like you know forever to get my check sent to me in college or whatever <laughs> but but it didn't really matter because i just wanted i was asking or trying to ask a rep if the t-shirt could come to the local shop which was at the time surf station in St. Augustine, I was like, "Could it be on the shelf? Like, I want to see it." <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's to see to Call see something rep, tangible. Get it in here. Yeah, I was like, "Can we get it here?" <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, Did they pay you? I'm like, I don't care. It's it's validating to see your work on the shelf, right? It's magical. Yeah, yeah. it's ma- it still is. I mean, as much as I try and be like, I don't know, like it's magical. So, yeah, you should be getting royalties. So Larson is our <laughs> Larson is our. Um, I've been on a couple T-shirts. <clears throat> He's oh, on. Thanks. That's not what I was going to say. He's our investigative (laughs) reporter for the Late Night Talking podcast. And it says that you worked, he he mentioned that you worked uh, with Nike SB. Yeah, um, it was it was a one like awesome quick strike thing. They do a thing called quick strike. Yep. Trying to think what the shoe is for a skater, I believe, called Stefan Janowski. Oh, my God. Um, Uh, You did a Stefan Janowski shoe? Well, no, I know of him. But again, this is like. You know, this is a few he, years ago. He, he had that Janowski shoes probably. It was called the Cobra. Okay. One of the most I think. successful shoes ever. Well, yeah, I see. I feel bad because I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was really, I was really, I was really fortunate because I was reached out to by um, someone that worked at Nike, and they just said, hey, would you be interested in doing like, uh, the, you know, some illustrations for the packaging? And they do these things again, quick strikes, where like. People wait outside yeah. on a sneaker. Oh, it's crazy. They, it still yeah. happens today. It still happens, yeah. They've they kind of made a resurgence. The shoes and, and the shoes, when they're released, you get like a t-shirt and like a sticker and a keychain. and a, It's awesome. And Do you have the imagery for these? For this? If I kick around on my laptop, I might be able to find it. It was cool. pretty crude. It was a like inky, messy cobra 
Um, but again, same thought process as a million years earlier with the Hurley thing. Where I was like, yeah. I can't believe this. This is crazy. And that's why also I'm like, Stefan Janowski, I know he's huge, but at the time for me, I'm like, but it's going to like be on a shirt that goes with a shoe that goes with this thing. Um, but it's Nike. But it's Nike. <laughs> but, yeah. But see, yeah. as I, as I, again, this was, that would have been like, uh, maybe like 2010 when that happened. Now, like, as I've become whatever this is now, this body that I inhabit, I go, I'm more excited or as excited, I should say, about something physical in nature that I'm going, okay, I'm going to go paint on a wall somewhere. Yeah. And I go like, okay, that's really awesome because people are interacting with it. I never physically held one of those shoes, quick, quick strike things. Yeah. 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 But that's cool. But that's really, so great for your oh resume. My gosh, and, I, and, and I would love to do work with them again. They were yeah. lovely and they were really easy. Um, but uh, you you call it yeah. human human currency currency yeah, yeah. I yeah. honestly I, I use the same thing but I call it social currency social currency is cool yeah yeah, yeah. human I say human? it's like when I go like okay I met Lyndon and then someone goes oh well Lyndon's one of my best friends and, and it's, it doesn't always hold true but I go oh well Lyndon's amazing and, you know, <laughs> this this could get you this could get you very in a dangerous situation but for the most part it's worked really well for me where i've been like wait a second oh okay then this guy or this person might check out yeah who's linden oh that oh the filipino guy yeah i know that guy, <laughs> the guy. The dark and uh, handsome guy he's kind yeah. of short but he's dark and handsome yeah very um, very gift very him. gifted individual so um so was was the sp thing the second uh work Big, that you uh, did or did you no no because then it started just no no the, it started like peppering where it's like it would be um, as I said, it would be T-shirts. Um, I, from Brooklyn, moved to Los Angeles and worked for a brand called Insight. And that really oh, wow. was like... Oh, that's yeah. right. You were yeah, telling Jesse me about Fain that. And when they Jesse were, when Fain and Jesse Fain. here? Yeah. Justin Reynolds and Jesse Fain hired me. Um, and Dude. both of which are still good buddies. And um, Insight really was kind of, I would say, like the impetus for a lot of the stuff that's happening with me now because I made the friends... Ultimately, that a lot of which I'm still working with now. Um, Keegan Fong, who worked with me there, he and his mother opened a restaurant because I'm really into like restaurants and hotels and walls and public art stuff. And yeah. Ke- Keegan and his mom opened a restaurant after he left Swoon, um, right? the surf industry. Wound. Wound. <laughs> Wound. Wound. Sorry. Yeah. It's it's the time. It's uh yeah. It's it's a Mandarin or Chinese uh, word um, for noodle. Yeah. And we we, we were uh, talking about that at Surf Expo, I believe. Yeah. But it, but it's like it's those connections that you make with people that you go like oh my gosh because you know insight unfortunately in the states has dissolved um, um, but it still exists a little bit in Australia it's at you know and they were huge yeah they yeah, were the what best a, what a, what an eclectic group of guys you it was the best I met Jared Jesse, Mel, Warren Smith it was all it was a bunch of amazing people that I've gotten to travel the world with yeah and work with um, that was that was like kind of the job where I was like okay I'm here now and. And because of that job and being in LA, then I started doing just tons of jobs for other people. That's awesome. And you did stuff yeah. for Patagonia, right? I still do. Oh, you still yeah. do? That's nice. A, they're a constant for me. Yeah, I do kids wear graphics. Um, they are, I mean, I don't know what anyone could say about them that hasn't already been said. They're, they're like the pillar in which I measure a lot of brands by. Yeah. And they don't pay me to say that. But yeah, I, um, I freelance for them and do children's graphics here and there and um yeah i adore them they're great and you did some stuff with ace hotel 
Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, that that was so. While I was in Brooklyn, the Ace had been uh, was being built that particular one there, and they reached out to artists. And again, this is like mid or no, I'm sorry, late two thousand or two thousand eight nine ish. And that whole concept of getting artists and giving them a hotel room and letting them kind of have at it was a thing. And again, super honored to do that. And um, yeah, I went in and got to do one of the, I believe, mid-range suites. Not, you know, like one, not one of the, like crazy. Not, <laughs> He's cool, but not that cool. We're gonna if you like stay a, in this yeah, room, I think top. you get you get like two records, but you don't get a whole box of records. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's toilet paper there. Uh, but yeah, I got to do that. And um, it was awesome. And I, gosh, yeah, I, I think I have credit still after all these years to be able to stay in one of the rooms that has a bunk bed in it if you guys want to do it. I, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it sometime. <laughs> yeah. That, that's really, I mean, that's cool. The hotels, you know, especially like the Ace did, did stuff like that. I mean, there's so a lot great. Of boutique hotels that, you know, have done various artists like, throughout. But, my my uh, buddy Andy Davis, who lives out by yeah, you guys, yeah. just recently did a, a big one out there. And Andy's amazing. And, yeah, it makes me so happy that, and I, and I say this in not in like a condescending way, but I feel like so many developers of places just go into a spot and just go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they build this thing and you're like, what? And if, especially if it's ocean oriented, you're like, what were they thinking? It's just like this ridiculous wave and a person that's standing in front of a flat thing. They've got like their leash on the wrong thing. It's just like the whole thing is a nightmare. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't you go to a local person, and, an artist, and have them do it? Yeah. yeah. And so and that, I, that's oh, crucial. So good. Yeah, it, because you, also it makes the locals feel like they have some ownership in it. Yeah, you got a you got a corporate hotel moving into your little community, and it looks so generic. You've got to be able to like give. No, what Andy's bit, been doing a little and, bit of spice. All and McFetridge, um, I forget the name of the spot, but it's across from Huntington Pier, and I went to go get um, food there when I was out there recently, and I saw one of Jeff's murals there, and I was like, okay, that's awesome. Like whoever is in charge of this spot here gets it they're not yeah. just like okay we're just gonna like spray paint oh i don't know i'm just like oh thank you to all those developers out there that are doing how, this how did you get commissioned to do the huckberry project those guys gosh um huckberry I, had I, I texted you the, a photo yeah. from uh from yeah. my trip out there those, oh that's right yeah i did the whole <laughs> yeah i did the whole office and stairwell and down in there those guys are really rad um i think a couple of those guys are originally from new england um and i had a stint where I lived on a really awesome guy's couch named Nick Lavecchia in Maine. He was a photographer and Nick was shooting some stuff for them. And they were like, Hey, we're going to be doing some prints with this guy, Ty. And it all just kind of like ping pongs around again as this stuff tends to where they were like, wait, um, would you come out and do this in our office? And I was like, sure. And I try and combo trips. Yeah. Um, you know, people don't really know where I live and or they haven't up until I don't really have lived in one particular place for a while. So, I'm like, okay. Saint Augustine. Well, no, I kidding. say that, but I'm, I'm speaking. Yeah, I'm speaking to you now, and I'm like, that house is is uh, it's a short term rental now, and, and and it's listed for those of out there if they're if they're interested. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the Huckberry thing was just it just happens, uh, and, and, but it was awesome, and they were so cool, and and because of that, I got to like you know explore the area, need a bunch of food. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's, Lars says that you did something with Google. Yeah, during the election, the, the the not this one, the last one. <laughs> um, yeah, um, this really amazing studio out of Los Angeles called Italic Studios. Um, 
they're really great. They put out the Surf Shacks book that my house is in, and your house they from, have in Saint Augustine. In Saint Augustine, or? yeah, Sweet. and they do just they do a plethora of work with really really interesting clients but um google is one of their clients and so they reached out to artists and um wanted to make pins and buttons uh to kind of non i don't say like non-back i don't know how you would verbalize political non-political non-political but grabbing some issues that you felt strongly about in the in the election and creating buttons for them with original art because we all know what like campaign pins look like yeah and, and Google was really smart and they were like, we're going to get artists and pay them to make buttons for the election. But you couldn't just say like the, the delegate or the, um, the candidate's name. Yeah. It just had to be about a vantage point. Um, and it was awesome. Um, the election did not go the way I wish it had, um, but it was fine. What, what, uh, what, what did you create? What pins did you create? Um, I always, just because it's, I think it's the earth side of me that just goes like, I'm going to take on the animal and earth and ocean side. Um, cause I think who would ever didn't, or, uh, argue that Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if you, if you love oil or whatever, like you're not going to argue that you don't like the ocean. So I kind of went that route and, you know, and made some, um, images that kind of pertained with that, you know, clean air, clean water, um, stuff that we need. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I, don't, still, I don't think I don't think anybody really loves oil except yeah, it's just, it's money necessity. on it. But yeah, I feel like yeah. everybody, right. obviously, you you got to be a complete moron if you don't want a cleaner, better, healthier Earth. Which but. is wild, and you guys kind of briefly were touching on it about like you know things. It, it, it'd be kind of foolish if we didn't touch on it even a, a minuscule amount. But right now, that the fact that the world is kind of showing some signs of like a breath. Um, and it's kind of neat to see some of the photos of like the air, the, you know, the airspace and um, just, I don't know, w- one month, you know, or a little over a month of kind of people. Hey, know, sign me up one month at home for <laughs> warning. Give us a little bit of like freedom yeah. to go eat and just say maybe you can't travel. Maybe you just hang home. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, well, I mean, as long as I can yeah. surf. I don't know if you, yeah. you see the same thing, Lar, but over here, Ty, we've had a lot of rain. And the oh, rainbows okay. have been bigger and more vibrant. Yeah. See, it, I was going to ask you, like, is the marine layer in L.A. kind of mellowing? Oh, yeah. For well, sure. Well, we've, we've been having crazy weather patterns. It's spring, lots of wind, lots of storms. So it's – I wouldn't say it's – I mean, not moving around and all these people on the road definitely help. But this time of year with this weather pattern is, is – I mean, it's – it's definitely helping. Yeah. But the and rainbows, I like, I like doesn't it, it seems like the, the band, the width, the size of rainbows have been like way bigger, way more grandiose. More bandwidth. Yeah. 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 So have you ever like wanted to be your own brand and, you know, like you've seen some other artists? Good like, question, Yeah. Mark. Yeah. I saw that you had touched on that. I, yeah. um, I did have a small brand, um, with my buddy John, to throw a plug out to him, he's awesome. Uh, Mascara. He and I. You did a brand I with John Mascara. A little one, yeah. We called it Hours O U R S. Yeah. And we did it. Yeah, Hours Gallery, and we did it for like three seasons. And you know that you worked at Huntington Surf and Sport too. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I think I kind of maybe did. he has been everywhere and done everything. He's he's very very good. That's at, where uh, we got our start. Ages. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, uh, I had spent some time in Japan and come back, had come back and, um, John and I and, and, a, and another um, buddy were just like, all right, let's maybe try and do something. And I had never really, I'd worked for other brands and done design work, but I never really thought of like maybe like doing my own. And I'm sure you guys, as well as many other people as well, know that like there's so much more involved and the creative part is just one small part of it. Yeah. And, and the design part, the, the, the fun part, the magic part. And um, then so much of it is the logistics and the factories yeah. and the Chinese New Year and the samples not coming in and yeah. the, the, the dark side of that. And, um, and then also I think you reach a point too, which I, I think – is so awesome that like outer known does where you reach a point where you go like how much of this already exists and is it important that I'm making this? What am I bringing to this equation? And for me at that point when you said like me being the brand, it was based around stuff that I designed and wanted. Like it was like kind of uh, island oriented with a little bit of uh, city vibe and eventually it just became a thing where I was like, wait, I'm not really making as much stuff as I thought I would be and really chasing this, this sale, yeah. um, you know, going to trade shows and, and trying to have the sit down, the blue sales and having to get that. And, and I'm not ragging on anyone that has to do it, but I also go, if you're a big brand and, and you're out there and granted the landscape, I'm sure has changed a little bit now. Um, we stopped doing ours, as I said, really after like three seasons and we did fine. Um, but we ended up, kind of selling it back to the factory the factory owned a percentage of it that's how we were able to do it and we just said if you'd like to continue forward with it they lasted i think they went maybe one season afterwards if i'm correct i mean but yeah. um yeah. i just i was just like you know what i uh i don't i don't i'm getting a weird you know not your cup of tea yeah and because i love clothes <laughs> and yeah. i love i love i love uh things but i also don't feel like i need a lot of them right yeah. It's it's tough to you got to have a lot of time, a lot of money to launch a brand and sustain it. You know. Oh, totally. And I have, and I think, I mean, a, a seed, a seeding of some sort. You know, if you're doing it out of pocket and you're doing it with friends, and you're just like, okay, I mean, it'll it gets sour. You know, sometimes. And to me, like I said before, with the human currency. It's more important to me that John and I are buds. Yeah, you know. So I go, yeah. okay, cool. I can still go to Hawaii, and I and I can still stay with John. Yep. You know. And so I'm like, that's cool. And if it started to ever get to the point where like, oh, like, what's up with this? I'm like, okay, no, let's not do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, it takes a toll on relationships, financial, emotional, like different. I you know different different end results. You know, like to, totally. Brand there's a lot of moving parts. No, and the brand that you work for, I mean, you said that you work at Ruka. I will say, yep. like, that was a huge um, inspiration, I think, for so many people. I'm PM, right? Pat Tenor. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I, I only met him briefly when I worked at Insight at a party, and I really wanted to, like, high five him, like, a mega man high five, because I was like, you really, uh, and, and the group, you know, around him really created something that I think so many other people, and if they don't agree to it, <laughs> Or yeah. admit it. That's fine. It's very visibly um, obvious. Um, <clears throat> we're able to do the thing that I talked about Thomas doing, where they were like, "We're going to do all of this, and it's going to be cohesive. It's not yeah. trying." They did the AMP, uh, the Artist Network program, and Aaron Rose was, you know, making those magazines, and I would be getting those, and I was yeah, like, "Yeah, those are incredible, incredible, and done well, and not done 
like trying too hard and not just they didn't it wasn't making a buck on it those were no i'm sure they lose money i'm sure they lose money yeah they did it was a huge cost and at the time the ruka rep around florida or around us when i was in college i remember like asking you know constantly being like how do we get these magazines because that's what i was just losing it over because i was like these are artists that you know are in these movies and then that transcended like you know their their you know their art or that like you know whether it was surf skate, fashion, music, like they covered, no, really. they covered it all, knocked it out of the park. And but yeah. but that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. With it was okay to be friends with an artist and a skater if you were a surfer, <laughs> and if you're a skater, yeah. it was okay to be friends with a street artist or a jiu-jitsu guy. You know, like yep. it was so segmented back in the day, and now totally. it's like you know to kind of bridge those because everybody has a similar, um, you know. Uh, I, I guess idea of, you know, what inspires them, but also there's a lot of stuff you draw inspiration from that isn't within your little like, you know, sp- your your small circle of. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, mean look again, at it. it's like cooking. Cooking now is like. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm. I'm here. I mean, well, I'm, oh, don't get I'm, Lyndon I, on that. Kick well, Lyndon I'm isolated, like everyone, and my partner is a phenomenal cook. And I, we were having a conversation yesterday, and I was like, oh, I don't really cook that well. I'm not like a great cook i make like the same scramble of everything in a pan um but she is like really talented at it and i know that she would be like oh you know i'm not even you know that level of talent but the fact that you can do things with food that are exciting and not just go okay i have this necessity and i go oh yeah. my gosh that's a whole nother thing like a whole nother experience from um and then you go okay and, and i know that because <laughs> done this is like you have um is it maddie or like you have yeah like, maddie madison yeah, maddie madison and so i was like I get it because I'm like, I am really into that now because I'm like, why not? Like, why not have everything? Yeah. Because that's the thing is, is, I mean, you know, Pat, Pat's a creative genius, but it's just about bringing those subcultures together and inspiring each other. And, and, you know, they do this, you know, it started in Hawaii, Ruka Aloha. And then now it's like, they did it in New York one and they've done, you know, Europe, Japan. And it's just a collaboration of bringing all these people together and we're on the beach and you're watching these skateboarders see these surfers drop in at 12 foot pipeline and they're going, what the heck are these guys doing? They're crazy. The most crazy people on the earth. And then the next day, these surfers are at the skate park and they're watching yeah. these skaters do something similar. And then they're surrounded by artists and then food. And it's just like, we got a lot more in common than we oh, think. You it know? makes me so, it's like the a, team, team average stuff. Yeah. And then you get a drug addict, Mickey Avalon, start rapping on stage. Yeah, well, that's not really. Yeah, that's not or a YG, really. or you know, like yeah, music that's yeah. that's great stuff. Uh huh. You got to have all types. You got to yeah. have all types. Yeah. So yeah, it uh, takes all types. Going back to surfing, you said your your first uh, trip was out to Costa Rica. Yeah, outside of the country was to Costa Rica, the classic. It's the Florida quintessential surf trip. You fly from Orlando down to, you get into like, you know, Hermosa, and you just take a bunch of clothes outs on the head and pick sticks and leaves out of your board shorts for a while. <laughs> <laughs> did did um, you ever make it out to the to the good side of Costa Rica? I'd never have, but. So the Caribbean side? Yeah. Was it yeah, the Caribbean side that. that's good, Laura, or is it? There, well, there's no. both. So there's yeah. really good ways on the Caribbean, but it's very. Um, very it's, it's uh, temperamental fickle. on surf. The, it is. Uh, if you go up to the Pacific oh. North, like the, you know, the, the I've done both yeah. numerous times. I will say because of my 
Caribbean, I don't know, childhood, I really gravitated more towards the Caribbean coast because I loved the blending of culture there. Like, you go over, I would stay in Cahuita and, like, surf Cocoles and, like, around Salsa Brava area. Mm. Never surf Salsa Brava. It scared the crap out of me, but I'd watch it. Um, but Manzanillo, this other wave down south there, then Limon north, um, I loved that area. But then I felt if I went over to the other side and was in, like, you know, the Tamarindo zone or in those other spots, it was, like, expat runaway dad zone um <laughs> so they're escaping something in like America. alimony child support <laughs> whatever yeah i'm like something's weird but um but pavones i mean again i feel like i'm probably gonna get yelled at but like yeah i mean costa rica is amazing I, and, and it's a it's an awesome spot and it's it is really easy to get to from florida and i feel like you go down there and be like oh my gosh i remember that guy from college he's on the beach and you do that you do you do puerto rico you do costa rica and those are your spots but california i really loved going out to a lot because again it just it was consistent and i love junky waves um and i would find junky waves that no one would want to surf and have them to myself and then when i would find a perfect right point that everyone's longboarding on i would shortboard on it <laughs> because i was excited about that. so right now you're in vermont because your girlfriend mm-hmm. lives there where do you yeah. spend most of your 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 time during the year so the past the past almost two years have been spent traveling to a different spot almost every like six weeks. Um, I had wanted to kind of slow that down for own, for my own personal reasons. Um, birthdays were starting to go by and I was kind of having some of those, I don't know, existential thoughts that you tend to get. Um, and then, uh, yeah, um, we had some bad hurricanes in Florida where my house is, um, like my, my little home that I built there. So I was thinking, okay, maybe like, maybe I go back to Maine, which is where I grew up and my parents are there and be closer to them and be near the ocean. And then now enter some of this kind of stuff. And it's been kind of an interesting, almost forced pause to kind of be like, all right, you're not going to travel around as much. And maybe being in new England, which is home, you know, um, and seeing some different sides of it, I'd never spent any time, nor had I been here much ever. Uh, Vermont and being here now and being on a lake uh, is really wild. I miss the ocean terribly and I want to hop in my car and drive there. But um, once things are back to normal, I'll do that. But are the beaches I think this closed is, up there? Yeah, for surfing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I think ultimately to answer your question, I guess long-windedly, New England is where I would like to be spending <clears throat> the bulk of my time and use this as a hub now rather than because um, I went out and I lived for three years in. Los Angeles while I was out working at Insight. Yeah. And I sampled that. I tried Echo Park and then I tried uh, Topanga Canyon. You could say it's too many people here. It's fine. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that it was too many people. (laughs) That's not it. It's just, I also like, I didn't love having to drive from Echo Park to the beach, you know, uh, and it took me two hours. And I also like, I'm a New Englander. We're sarcastic and weird and and we're doing our (laughs) own thing. So, and I don't mind cold water. Uh, yeah so that's no, one, that's one of you in this conversation but <laughs> i love but i love going out to where you guys are and doing work with brands and staying for weeks at a time and then coming back here and and if it means you know uh you know having to do it a little bit less because of the landscape of things that's okay it just means we're gonna have to kind of adjust a little bit do you feel like the human currency is a little stronger in vermont or, or uh new england than than california I would never say that. No, <laughs> you're not. I'm not going to walk into that bear trap. Nice try. Um, no, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't say. I would. I would, just no, say, just I would say sheer. 
I, I've been saying a lot lately because I've been hearing it, but per capita, <laughs> I guess <laughs> per capita, I would say I laugh a lot more than I do. I laugh a lot more in New England because I think New Englanders just naturally, we have to deal with the winter and, and, and lousy weather. So you have nothing to do but be a smart ass and get through it. It's like that yeah. New Yorker kind of mentality. We, we're survivor kind of people where no offense to Californians, it's, it's really easy to be there. It's mellow. And so you end up kind of like, yeah, it's easy to yeah. no complaints. We're yeah. a little bit more pampered, which is great, and that's why I love going out there and be like, "Man, this is great." And they're like, "Hey, do you want to look at a lease?" I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no." I'll get no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you too. I know that you know you're you're a painter, you're you're an artist, but you also do other kind of mediums too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, tell, tell virtually about... anything that's at my fingertips. I mean, I'm you, collaging. You... I saw uh... I saw like furniture. You make- yes. So no. So I yes, I painted on it, and I've definitely made a little bit of it. But if anyone wanted to put all their weight on something and really get <laughs> get get lovey on it, they could get hurt. <laughs> but it's far better for me to collaborate with someone that is really savvy. Those things you saw um, are a phenomenal design studio out of New York called Fort Standard. I'm assuming you saw, and um, those guys are they're really really talented yeah. they do build outs for like warby parker and stuff um i ended up doing the, uh, a wall for warby um because of that and yeah they're they're legit that's gotta uh, be cool though checking you know doing oh something my gosh different oh, canvas so and somebody that that like instrumental on uh, it all you know, stems furniture. back it all stems back to the thing with like again i don't want to say this is a like but it's it's the hurley shirt yeah. it's instead of being 19 you're 30 mm-hmm. years old and it's a it's it's something else. It's a wall. Yeah. Or it's it's yeah. something for children. It's a it's a clothing for kids, and it's I'm really like that's still magic. And if that magic goes away, then I'll stop. But it hasn't yet entirely. So crazy. What do you, what are you surfing on right now? Like what <laughs> a kind lake, of a lake. My mind. Oh. <laughs> no, like what's your surfboard oh quiver gosh. like right now? I was I was um, just talking about how I have far too many surfboards. It's it's a weird thing when you're not surfing, you buy surfboards. I don't know what's up with that, but um, right now my go-to board it's between two. Um, I really, you know, don't shoot the messenger, but I really like the mid-length stuff um, because <laughs> I know I know you're a big-time so pro surfer. I know, but go, but don't worry. Like I can still like do a Florida hop on a shorter board, <laughs> but yeah, I just like to get a lot of waves, like you were saying. And what what shapers do you admire, or what what shapers? Oh do you my like? gosh, I love John Wegener. Um, he's a phenomenal guy, and uh, he comes to Maine every year and um, collaborates with some close friends of mine in Maine called Grain Surfboards. So there's some mm-hmm. wooden boards there that they make. Um, I love his stuff. I mean, I, I know you're going to roll your eyes. I mean, I love the hits. I love Ryan Lovelace's boards. Yeah. Um, I have one of his that I really like. Um, but then I really love some just down and dirty Florida shapers that are just, you know, potato chips out of garages. Nice. You know what, though? It doesn't really matter. I mean, right now we feel like surfing, there's... there's it's like way home. more diverse. You've gotta, yeah, you've yeah. got to be able to, like, be inspired and get out there. And if it's riding a, a twin fin one session or a quad yeah. or a single fin or a mid-length to, a, you know, like, just to be out there... Spending time at the water is a win-win. So, and, and I and I really think so. We don't much of I think so much of it too is people forcing something in an environment that's not working because they see it, and and, I, and that's how I learned. You know, it's like you're looking at the Taylor Steele movies and going, "Oh my gosh!" And then 
you know, wearing a six mil dive suit and paddling out in Maine and being like, wait, how come this isn't working? It's like, well, because that's not supposed to go there. <laughs> you know, that's not supposed to be there. And no one comes into your life. I always joke that there should be an agency. I don't know. It might be religion for some people, but that steps into your life and just says like, hey, like, I'm going to give you some advice. You shouldn't be doing that. And <laughs> And it takes shapers, you know, to come along. And I like, of course, everyone knows, like, you know, Hayden with the, the Hipto and those things. Those are user-friendly shapes. There's a reason that they are so popular you know, for people and they, they think they're surfing well on them or getting good waves because they're getting waves. Yeah. Because there's more, fo- there's more foam, there's more volume yeah. and whatever. And there's Anytime you can go fast, you feel like you're a better surfer. So oh, and then, they, they then you see footage of yourself and you're like, I should shave my head and move away. <laughs> Yeah. How I about know. foiling? Speaking of things that don't belong, I so have you tried it? Well, so Jesse Fain, as you know, is a buddy, and yeah. I adore him. So I, I have to be very safe with this. Um, and ben <laughs> Bouge, and um, Benny Bouge is one of like my favorite surfers, and I was fortunate enough to go on a waves for water trip with him a couple of years ago. Oh, nice! And um, yeah, I was really honored to do that. I and love Benny B. Benny's a phenomenal human, and Hans Hagen came on a trip too, and. Um, Anyway, Ben is super into the kite stuff, and Jesse's super into the kite stuff and, and the foiling. And I look at it and go, whatever. Like, if it gets you out there, that's amazing. And I've never gotten to try it, and I would love to try it. I would love to be in a safe place away from everyone, and you know, so I wouldn't, you know, hurt somebody. But I don't want to own one, and I don't want to buy the gear, and I don't yeah. want to, um, you know, I, I just I would like to try the sensation of it. Because um, it looks fake to me. I saw someone at Malibu try one, which I thought was pretty ridiculous. That he, he was out there and he was getting barked at. But um, he was doing it well. And um, Jesse does it out there a little bit sometimes. And I'm just like, it blows my mind. I don't know how it works. But uh, it also looks horrifying. Mesmerizing. Dangerous. It yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, but, but it, it looks very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you, yeah, if you read about the injuries and see the injuries, yeah, you're getting... Yeah, yeah. so I can kind of just, I mean, based on the whole Medicare situation in the country, I'm going to try and minimize. Like, I want to, like, <laughs> hurt myself eating a bagel. I'm not going to hurt myself surfing Yeah, if I can are, help it. Are there any other hobbies? You you love the water, obviously. You grew I adore up in it. Virgin Islands yeah. and diving. And is there yeah. any other hobbies you like? <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, uh, outside of right now, like I said, uh, we're all, you know, kind of – consuming media and eating um I'm, <laughs> I, I, and I'm drinking really, uh, i have not been doing that which i'm really pleased with myself about but i have i will say like i've really and i think a lot of us have been forced to walk more and um walking has been really pretty amazing i probably just sound like a geriatric old corpse right now <laughs> i swear to god i'm not dying yet um but uh yeah i mean Travel was really a huge part of what was keeping me creative, and I think it also was a huge part of my, like I said, the human currency building. I was meeting people, and so in terms of a hobby, like I was always so excited to go someplace new. And you know, you would ask like, "What's your best surf trip or worst surf trip?" For me, it was like if the waves weren't there, then I was going to find myself at a market or at a thrift store or you know doing something like that. And oftentimes, like those were the better parts of the trip. Yeah. Um, always. I feel like if anyone saw my photos from a trip, they're like, oh my gosh, you got skunked, huh? I'm like, oh my gosh, no way. Like, I ate a weird stinky fruit thing, and I got diarrhea, but then I bought this rug, and it was amazing. <laughs> and it ended up being this amazing thing. Um, you ever so I, 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 that's I think, a hobby. I it's think a hobby that's, I miss a little bit. I think that's what, I mean, as an ex-pro surfer, everybody always, where, where was your favorite trip? And I was yeah. like, well, surf or kind of lifestyle and experience because what is what is two I different have to ask things. you what would be yours 
I mean, because well, you would have done the, you would have been the, what's, what is would, it? I don't know. You'd have to ask, like, just specifically surf. I'd say probably, like, you know, Indonesia, mm-hmm. maybe Western Australia, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, Central America. It just depends. Mm-hmm. And then you would mm-hmm. have to ask, like, cultural and experience, I'd say, maybe Japan or I'd say yeah. maybe, like, South Africa. Not that yeah. apartheid and stuff, but just the, well, the, yeah. the rawness or, you know, there's so many different, or, you know, totally. Ireland, I don't know, like, I went and saw where Edgar Allan Poe was buried, and I saw, like, cool castles. See, and, and that's the coolest thing, I you know, a pro surfer, I mean, not, not to, I'm not belittling pro surfing anyway, but, like, no, that's but, so great, think about how that took you there to go see that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, going and see the, the Louvre in, in, in yeah. Paris, and, and I Gosh, mean, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, it's like when somebody asks you what's the biggest wave you took off on and I'm like I don't know I don't know when I saw that question I was like I was scared and I was undergunned and I was really happy to get in when I got in <laughs> you know but but heck I bought so many textiles and I bought a million hats <laughs> <laughs> or met pe- cool people or ate at a, a, you know a really nice restaurant or saw something mm-hmm. cool you know it's all totally. it's a little bit of everything you ever no. make and it out to uh, Indonesia Thai? Yeah, a few times. Nice. And um, I had a show with Deus out there when D Hump was running it out there. Yeah, yeah he's back in HB. I love he's that back. Guy. Yeah, and his son is like really a ripper motocross kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, D Hump let me have a show there in probably like 2011. And it was after like an odd, like Ozzy had had a show. And I got to say, same situation. I was out there, the swell was like big. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to surf like close out Brawa Beach type stuff and out, not far out in front of um, where Deus is. And the rest of the time, I was kind of like eating ice cream and like checking out sites and taking photos and, and then waiting for the waves to get small. And everyone's like, it was firing. Did you go out to like Desert Point? And I was like, I didn't want to die. <laughs> and I could have been out there on the boat, but I would have sat on the boat. Like I just, yeah, I waited for this well to subside but no i do love indo i love indo i mean minus of course the obvious of it is really crowded and yeah um that's it's everywhere. Got, yeah because every because it's good that's yeah. it when people start complaining about things and they're like oh this place sucks now it's like because it's good that's why because because <laughs> you can't have like, it all to yourself exactly like i'm sorry i was like oh guess what sucks now i'm like wait something that you liked two years ago yeah that's probably what sucks now yeah yeah, everybody wants well, to claim. Oh, I was at this totally. one spot, and then they just fled it. Now up, it and sucks. Then, and then two years later, they complain about it. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Totally. I'm like Bali. People love to talk about it. I'm like Bali's amazing. Bali's whatever you want it to be. And when you're there, if you pick up some, you know, garbage and help out, then you're helping. If you're just going to go there and, you know, complain and do that, I'm like, well, then you're not really helping. Yeah. So, yeah, I think no. I think we're all really um, in a great place of learning and breathing right now. So. But anyway, like, I'm so like, pumped you guys reached I out. Like your, yeah, I like your opti- optimistic. Uh, so it's all we can. It's all we yeah. can do. Who's uh, <laughs> who's your all-time favorite surfer? Oh God, Jay Larson. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, Jay Jay Larson. Um, <laughs> Jason say, Larson. Oh, okay, so I'll say this: personal, like as a friend, like someone that I know personally, and I don't want to blow smoke up his butt too much, but I really do like Rama's surfing. I think he is a good surfer he does Um, surf well yeah um rama i hope you hear that and then (laughs) uh he he wants another uh, no 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 he's a good surfer to watch and i I think ultimately it's like i like being in the water i mean i've been in the water twice in my life when kelly slater was in the water and i was like okay yeah that's the most amazing thing but to see like a friend 
um, Rama, and he kind of looks like Kelly Slater now. And then, um, do you see me? I got no hair. Look at this. Oh, rad. This? Yeah, but you look like Bobby Martinez. This could be lighting. Um, I am dark, but um, oh no. And then I guess I gotta say like a Tom Curran because Tom Curran is. Mr. I mean, it's, no one's ever gonna give you a heart. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise, oh, I don't know. Actually, uh, Torin Martin. Of course. Oh my God! Sorry. <laughs> did, did you see Tony that Martin. quadruple barrel at, in Morocco? Yeah. yeah. Oh no. And uh, Rama and I were in Australia a few months ago, and I we got a surf with him at Broken, and yeah, he's absurd. Yeah. 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 Sorry. He Torn. makes that's all good. You're, he you're makes the mid like look really, really good. He makes everything look good. I mean, have you seen him? He's gorgeous. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a babe. There's a lot. Of, there's a, yeah, a lot of good surfers out there. Yeah, Tom Curran, Torn Martin, and Jay Larson. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You got slash it, Jay. You got Martina it. Slash Slater. Yeah. Slash, slash Slater. Obama. Slash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I like anyone that gets to have an ocean right now. So have, have you ever made it to a wave pool yet? I haven't, and I would love to. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been to, typh- I've been to like swimming in like Typhoon, Typhoon. Lagoon, <laughs> but I didn't get to go surf in it. Um, yeah. So, no. I have never surfed in a wave pool, and I would love to. When I did a board short for a brand who I won't name that... I don't know. Did Juan Moss invite you yet? No, but I will say I was really I saw um, Mark in Hawaii and he wore the he was wearing the boardies at the pool body surfing and I was like I told him I was like, Man, when I did the boardies for Outer Known, I thought maybe I'd get to go to the pool, maybe even just to like watch. Instead the boardies I designed got to go and Mark body surfing. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> You were there in spirit. Yeah. I was, yeah, and he was like, yeah. Mark's <laughs> well, really sweet. We'll call out Juan Moss now. Juan Moss, you owe an invite. Juan, to, John, to, you don't owe me anything, and you're, you're sweet, you're a legend. No, I, he owes I, you I and me, and Jay. Well, he owes all waiting. three of us now. I've been patiently waiting. No. I'm in town. John, this is not a ploy to go to the pool. Hey, that beach isn't, that beach isn't closed right now, that's for sure. It That's might, so- it might be, it might be to us. No, <laughs> it might be to us. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to go there someday, even just to just to see it in person. Rama's been, and a few other friends um, have gone and, and said that it's, um, yeah, it's just a sight. I've driven by Lismore to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but never or Lemore, I guess. Yeah, Lemore. I don't know, but where? Never, never have seen it. I'd love to. So and, yeah, uh, after. After the shelter in place, and we get to mm-hmm. travel freely again, mm-hmm. uh, Lars, last question is, where are you going to mm-hmm. go? Um, well, the first place that I'll go after shelter in place is lifted probably is I'll drive three and a half hours to Maine, to the ocean, and I'm going to jump in it. Because um, I have been away from the ocean through the entirety of the um, quarantine. But in terms of a flight... Um, Gosh, I don't know. Probably California, something something relatively mellow. I don't think I'm going to be doing any uh, large international trips yeah. for a little bit. Kind of, you know, hunker down and stay relatively local, at least in the in the country for a bit. But um, yeah, I'm, I, and I'd love to see you guys. But Dude, I, yes. I think Let's I think it'll probably be for sure. Car. I would love it. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? yeah. yeah. Like, I could, like I said, I see a futon somewhere in there. So. <laughs> we, we got we got you covered. We got you covered. I'll we got a couch. We got a bed. We got whatever you need. Great. Couch or a bed. That's great. (laughs) 
Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, shoot, this has been fun, man. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was very, very scared. And this. Were you? No. Yeah. Oh, oh we're softies, man. I was very we're nervous. Friendly. We just. Yeah, left. I was actually. I was like, I'm gonna have to like really try and and, and, and not sound scared. So. No, cool. All right. Well, we'll spread the word that we're. You know. We I will. Play. No, I will, and I will. I'm gonna look for the cover that you got for Surfer. Hi. <laughs> um, hopefully. I'll get a piece from you because you did this show. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. That sounds great. Because um, uh, it's in, hey, it's in the I know you're going to be super sought after yeah. Uh, yeah. artist. No, no, no. You guys have really helped me a lot. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to sell out your show here in Huntington, right? Thank now. you. Do me a Thanks, favor, Ty. Send me some pictures of you surfing, skateboarding when, you know, as a grown up. Uh, some of the stuff that you've done in the past so we could help promote the sure. episode. Absolutely. But, um, 100% will. Ty yeah, we Williams. we appreciate your time. Not Tyler, awesome. not Tyson, but Ty Williams. Mm-hmm. Surfer, artist extraordinaire. Thanks for sitting down with Late Night and Chalky. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Stay safe and healthy. See you soon. And I uh, hope to see you. All right. Sounds Peace. Good. Bye. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.